Hey, look out. It's the Waste and Safety Compliance Podcast with Ron Harvey, your host. And today, I want to talk about something really exciting. I'm going to talk about respiratory protection. Why is respiratory protection so important? Because you want to protect your employees and because OSHA will beat the crap out of you if you don't do it. So I'll tell you how to do it because the respiratory protection uh, uh, regulations are pretty complex. If you just sit down and read them, you're going to have a heck of a time trying to understand them. So I'm going to outline them here for you today to help you become better at what you have to do. So um, the respiratory protective protection standard under OSHA um, has uh, quite a few elements to it. The um, one of the primary elements, and this is the one that a lot of people mess up on, they um, they uh, they discover, let's say, that their employees are being exposed to something. They go to Home Depot, they buy half a dozen respirators, they bring them back, say, "Here you go, guys, put these on, and uh, everything will be okay." You can't do it like that. Uh, OSHA requires a much more rigorous uh, uh, treatment um, of the information. And in order to be in compliance with that standard, you have to have a written plan. Okay, OSHA requires that there be a written plan for respiratory protection um, if it is required at your uh, workplace. Um, Several of the elements is just a, a few of them out of the um, pretty good pretty good line of them. Um, you have to have a designated uh, program administrator. Um, a person has to be designated to be the respiratory protection program administrator. Now, this person can't just be the guy in the next office. Um, it, it, OSHA specifies that this person has to have some experience and some familiarity with the um, respiratory requirements for uh, protecting uh, employees. It's, the, the, you know, of course, you know, you don't have to have a, a degree in, in uh, uh, protectology or whatever um, kind of degrees might be available now. Um, you don't have to be a certified industrial hygienist in order to be the program administrator, but you do have to have some uh, relatively uh, technical understanding. Uh, of the respiratory protection standard and the protective measures. Um, okay, the other, another portion, another requirement under the protecting, uh, pardon me, <clears throat> another requirement under the written program is to uh, specify the medical evaluation and fit testing. These are two very important uh, criteria in the, uh, in the program for protecting your employees. Um, I talk a little bit more about those in a couple of minutes here. Um, one of the other things in the written plan is that you have to have a cleaning schedule for the uh, respirators. You um, know, in, in some places they actually share respirators amongst employees. Um, now that's I think kind of gross, but um, it, it is done. 
And um, therefore, if your if your employees are wearing a respirator, and at the end of the shift somebody else is going to wear it, um, I believe it's required to be washed after the use of the first uh, employee. Um, and by washing, by the way, we mean sanitizing, um, because obviously uh, you're breathing into that thing all day long, and uh, now somebody else is going to be breathing into it. You want to make sure it's really pretty clean. Um, now, another uh, written plan requirement is employee training. Really important to train your employees on how to use your respirators properly, um, how to recognize problems. There's quite a bit that actually goes into the uh, employee training. Okay, medical evaluation. Um, this is an important part of the uh, process of getting your uh, employees set up to wear respirators. Um, the, the purpose of the medical evaluation is actually to ensure that your employee can physically wear a respirator. And, and it doesn't really mean just put one on your face. It means um, is that when you're breathing, particularly through a, a filtering uh, face piece, you, it's putting an extra load on your lungs. You actually have to suck air through those filters. And it, uh, OSHA has determined that uh, some people can't do it um, for whatever reason. Maybe they got asthma or bronchitis or some other uh, breathing difficulty. And so um, they have a, a couple of different tests that they will give your employees to ensure that they have the lung capacity, the physical capacity to wear a respirator. Um, and, um, and then, oh, by the way, the uh, medical evaluation has to be the first step, okay? Step number one, medical evaluation. Step number two is fit testing. So that's where you actually, each employee must be fit tested with the actual respirator, um, the make, model, and size of the uh, respirator that will be assigned to him at the workplace. Let's say you use MSA respirators. My favorite brand, uh, by the way, that's all I've ever used. Um, not a shameless plug for MSA. <laughs> um, so uh, let's say they're going to use a full-face um, MSA uh, medium-sized. Okay, so then your employee is tested with that size, make, and model of respirator. Um, you can't if, 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 you're going, if you are using one particular brand of respirator and then you're going to change to another brand, um, you have to re-fit test your employees because it's a different brand. Um, okay, there are two different kinds of fit tests. There are qualitative fit tests. These are really the ones that have been done for a long time. Um, they're quite simple. All you do is you have your rest, your employee put the respirator on, and then they um, then uh, you actually expose them to uh, what they call a challenge substance, <laughs> and um, generally it it can be like an acrid kind of smoke, an acid kind of smoke, and when your employee is uh, has the respirator on, you kind of have this smoke, you kind of puff it right in their face. And um, if they breathe it in 
and the filters are working properly and the respirator is fitted properly, then they can't smell this gas. Um, there's another one that's a sweet substance that they use. It's a saccharin, I believe. And so, so the, these are acceptable fit test uh, procedures. One of the problems with the, uh, uh, with the qualitative fit test is that it's subjective. Your employee can actually perhaps smell that acid smoke and say, nope, I don't smell anything. So you have to um, you have to take into consideration the fact that um, that the employee self-reports the exposure that you're uh, that that he's being exposed to, and so there's there's a potential degree of um, of uh, unreliability there with the uh, qualitative fit testing. The other kind of fit testing is a quantitative fit testing. Uh, there are two primary ways that's done. Um, one is you put on your respirator and then you're hooked up to a machine. Part of the respirator is hooked up to a machine and it measures pressure differential. Um, it will actually put a little bit of a vacuum on your respirator and then measure over a period of a few moments um, any drop in that vacuum. And that would indicate a poor seal. Um, so you... Um, you have to, uh, the, the machine is actually measuring the performance of the respirator. Um, the, other, uh, the other type of quantitative fit test is where they will take and actually inject a, um, a substance into the, um, into the air around the respirator and then have a way to measure the number of particles that actually pass through the respirator as you're standing there breathing. Um, and it measures those, those particles. It's, uh, that's a much more uh, complicated um, uh, setup, but it works really, really well. Um, and these, again, these are measurements. You can actually get a, a fit test um, performance uh, rating um, and it prints right out for you. It's, it's, it really is. Personally, I believe that's the way to go. The, uh, quality, the quantitative fit testing is, is certainly a more reliable uh, way to fit test your employees. Okay, um, employee training is next. So you've, you've done their medical evaluation. You did the fit test. You've issued them a respirator, and now you have to train them in how to use the respirator. Um, let's see. The uh, training has to be performed prior to the employee using the respirator. Um, pretty simple. That's when most initial training is done. Um, and it has to be conducted annually thereafter. Um, and, by the way, that is... Um, uh, one of the many failure points of most uh, respirator protective uh, programs. The, uh, the employer fails to uh, conduct the annual training. Um, okay, several of the items that the training covers is the importance of respiratory protection. Now, of course, what respiratory protection is important because the chemicals and substances that your employees are breathing can cause uh, physical ailments, they can cause cancer, they can cause all sorts of other um, unpleasant uh, physical uh, responses like um, uh, 
uh, let's see, what's the one with asbestos, uh, mesothelioma, uh, which is a type of cancer. Um, some uh, chemicals can cause uh, organ damage, nerve damage. There's a uh, limitless uh, number of different uh, of difficulties that chemicals cause when when they're exposed. So that's what respiratory. That's how important respiratory protection is. I could go into that a little more, but mm, mm, not right now. Um, okay, the effectiveness of the protection. The, the employees need to know that the um, the level of protection that a respirator is going to give them. Now, I've known employees to put on a respirator and all of a sudden think they're Superman and that they can be exposed to anything. Um, that's not the case. Um, so you need to inform them of that. Um, respirators have limitations. Uh, if you're using an acid gas uh, cartridge, you, it's ineffective against organic vapors. That'd be one limitation. Um, the other limitation is that the uh, rest the cartridges will be um, uh, uh, saturated at some point. Uh, the uh, another limitation is that they don't provide oxygen. So those are some of the limitations, and they need to be trained on how to use and how to maintain their respirator. Um, the use uh, being primarily putting it on properly, taking it off. Um, and then the maintenance being just how to store it, clean it, and keep it in, in good shape. Okay, there are two primary uh, types of exposure. Mm, I, I guess that'd be the best way to put it. At a workplace, if you have, um, let's say you're using alcohol to clean a, uh, a surface or a piece of equipment, and you're at a desktop, and you dab your little alcohol pad, you wipe, 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 and then, okay, great, you put the, uh, the piece of equipment off to the side, and you throw away the, the, the pad, and everything's, everything's taken care of. Um, so that would be considered um, routine exposure. You can measure that. You know what the chemicals are. You know how long they're going to be exposed. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, the other type of uh, potential exposure is what they would is what OSHA calls emergency um, uh, situations in terms of exposure. Um, let's say you you're, you're at the same operation and you have your alcohol bottle sitting over there, and you tip over your alcohol bottle, and all of a sudden there's a gallon of alcohol just covering your whole desk and everything else and running down onto the floor. Um, that is not the same exposure potential as your routine operation. So they would consider that emergency exposure. And of course, the, you can scale that up to a leaking 55-gallon drum or a leaking 5,000-gallon tank. Um, those are also emergency exposures. You need to uh, tell your employees the difference between the two. And because quite often, uh, a, a large majority of the time, your, the respiratory protection they have for a routine operation is not going to be satisfactory for an emergency uh, operation. So they need to know the difference. And if you have the equipment for emergency response, fine, but that goes into a whole other uh, protective standard and um, you might not want to go there. Okay, so um, again, day-to-day -day operations, known levels of exposure, known contaminants in the air pretty simple you've figured that out you've done the testing you've calculated your muck everything is fine okay but emergency operations there are lots of unknowns you don't know how much you're being exposed to sometimes you don't even know what the chemical is that you're being exposed to you need a much more cautious approach and you need and you quite often are going to need much higher levels of respiratory protection
Okay, now voluntary use. Um, there are uh, circumstances, and it is allowed by OSHA, if your employee wants to use a respirator when respiratory protection is not required, okay, you, you can let that employee use a respirator on a voluntary basis. Okay, now the difference is, um, back to the toluene example, if, your, uh, if the level of exposure in the room that, these, uh, that your employees are working is, say, 50 parts per million for toluene, the PEL for toluene is 200. Above 200, you are required to use respiratory protection. Less than that, you're not required by OSHA. But if an employee decides that they don't even want to be exposed to the 50 parts per million, you can let them use the respirators on a voluntary basis. But there are a couple of things you need to do. First, you need to give them what is uh, called the Appendix D notification. You will find that in the um, Respiratory Protection Standard 29 CFR 1934. Um, it's uh, Appendix D in that standard, which basically just states that, yes, we're allowing you to use a respirator. You're not required to use it, but you still need to perform some of the functions like keeping your respirator clean and using it properly. You also are required to perform a medical evaluation on that employee. Okay, they still need to be tested to see uh, whether or not they have the physical capacity to use a respirator. But you do not, you are not required to fit test them. You are not required to train them. Um, although I would, you know, always suggest at least, you know, a, a, a minimal level of training and you document that. So, um, so really, um, you, you that, that's that's the the bottom line there with uh, voluntary respirator use. And by the way, that covers dust masks. So, if you just kind of hand out dust masks to your employees, you need to make sure that you've got this Appendix D thing covered. Um, now, medical evaluations with uh, dust masks. Not quite sure how that works because, quite honestly, uh, you know, dust masks, uh, the level of impeding your, your breathing is, is quite minimal. Okay, um, so we're going to review. Always a good idea. Employers must protect their employees from the atmospheric hazards in the workplace. Um, to do that, you have to perform a workplace assessment to determine the employee exposure. Once you have determined that you have that your employees are required to use respirator uh, respiratory protective equipment, then you have to develop a written plan according to the requirements in in that standard. You have to determine what kind of respirator they're going to use, and that's based obviously on the type of chemicals they're exposed to and the levels of exposure. Um, you have to perform a medical exam and the fit testing for the employees and you have to train your employees on how to properly use the equipment that you're going to provide to them okay well that is about as quick as you can go through the respiratory standard okay so again my name is ron harvey 
If you would like to learn more about uh, respiratory protective uh, equipment and the, respir uh, the respirator standard, how to protect your employees, how to maintain compliance with that program, you can give me a call. Uh, my phone number is 843-599-0330. You can send me an email at info, I-N-F-O, at echelonenvironmental.net. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N-E-N-V-I-R-O-N-M-E-N-T-A-L dot N-E-T. All right, thank you very much for, uh, for listening to the, to the Waste and Safety Compliance podcast today. I hope uh, that it has been enlightening. I hope that I've clarified um, some of the requirements for the respiratory protection, and I hope that you subscribe to my channel and that you come by for the next lesson. All right, thank you very much. Take care. Goodbye.